We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. I mean, you guys are the best team in Chicago. Everybody knows that. We all know that the afternoon show is not afraid of anything, really. Yeah. But Afternoons on the score. I think all that stuff would be taken into consideration, but I don't think that he would isolate eight or ten games and not look at like I think Artur's quite honestly is he's looking at it from the All-Star break last year where you know I think we were you know I don't know maybe tied for first or second going into the break and then looking at the break you know from there because I think what you have to do is when Caruso went out and Patrick didn't play you know our team coming out of the break we just never got Lonzo back you know, there was optimism and hope we could get him back this year. Alex obviously missed a lot of time. And then Patrick started to come back after being out for five months. I think he'll look and evaluate our team from after the All-Star break all the way through this. He looked at it. He evaluated it. And he did absolutely nothing. Big pile of nothing, Parco. Joe Cowley covers the Bulls for the Sun-Times. And... Uh, he reported that uh, there were talks as recently as today between the Bulls and Knicks around Zach Levine. That would have qualified as a blockbuster. He joins us now on the Circle Resort and Casino Hotline, Circle Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Callie, how's it going, man? How you guys doing? You know, underwhelmed, like I think a lot of Bulls observers. Uh, how close, if at all, were they to pulling the trigger on a Zach trade? I don't think it got real close. They couldn't even figure out the players, to be honest. And, and I will say this. You know, I've been reporting since the summer that the Bulls, the knock on the Bulls from outside the organization through other executives and other people around basketball is that they're really overvaluing some of the talent. And that kind of started in the summer when some teams knocked on the door about Kobe White and were shocked to, to hear what they wanted for Kobe White and, and, and weren't able to get something done. Um, the Knicks are kind of doing the same thing here too. I mean, they hold, they, they're making Grimes sound like, you know, he's the next coming and look, there's a lot of possibility there, but the one that surprised people is Obi top. And, you know, they're acting like this is Larry Nance coming and not junior senior. So, um, and the playing time and, and, and the production doesn't match how they feel about him. So I think it was two teams that kind of were feeling each other out. I think they've talked since the summer over different guys. Kobe white, I know was talked about by the Knicks in the summer. Um, I think they talked last night and then, then I was told that they revisited today, but they just couldn't come out with the exact players. Um, you know, the Knicks were going to send some draft capital back because the Knicks do have draft capital. A lot of it is protected, but still they would have sent it back and given the Bulls some, some, some much needed draft capital, but I don't think it ever got to the point where, Hey, let's even get Billy on the horn and, and, and see what he thinks about it. And, and I'll, I'll ask Billy about that this, you know, this afternoon. We talked to him as far as was he called in for anything that got serious. Um, but they also have to protect Zach Levine and pretend like, you know, we, we love Zach. We would never trade Zach. So, <laughs> so I get it. It's going to be a, a little dance today, but we'll, we'll see what our tourist has to say. Since January 23rd, 28 of the 30 NBA teams have made a deal just since mm-hmm. the, since the 23rd one who didn't is Cleveland. And we know they're good. 
And then the other is is the Bulls. Did they get close to anything in any direction in your sense? I don't think so. Um, I, I, you know, I think the closest they got or the most intriguing thing was, was, you know, just at least talking about Zach. You know, I know there's been some reports that they're married to Zach. I don't think they're as married to him as some people think. Um, I think if the right sign and trade would have happened uh, over the summer, they would have gone that route. Um, but, you know, they knew they had to max him. Um, and, and, and so they were kind of stuck with that. So, no, I know that Caruso is basically untouchable. They consider him the culture of what they are, and it's $9 million a year for that culture, which is really nice. Um, so the asking price on Caruso was going to be a ridiculous number, you know, which, which team no team was going to do because they, they just didn't want to trade him. So I don't think they really got close to, to much of anything. And, and, again, you know, our tourists – will hopefully be able to pull the curtains back a little bit on, on what went down and why it went down uh, in, in an hour and a half or so here. So, you know, we'll see. But it doesn't sound like there was that much buzz around him, which was surprising to a lot of teams. How do you think Zach is going to handle being so publicly dangled in a trade? Um, well, I, I don't – you know, I mean, even yesterday or Tuesday when I talked to him after the game, you know, he just kind of has an attitude of wherever I am, wherever my teammates are, I'm just going to be me. Um, so I don't think he, you know, he, he knows the business of this. He's been traded once before from a place that he didn't think he was ever going to be traded from. Um, he knows the Bulls didn't have any love for him when, when, when Sacramento threw that, that, that contract at him and the Bulls let him go to the market and get a contract thrown at him and then matched. He wasn't happy about that. Um, you know, who knows where his relationship with Billy Donovan is right now. I think they say all the right things and do all the right things because they're both professional. But I think it's been reported by multiple Bulls writers that Zach is still not happy about that Orlando game, that benching late in Orlando. And that was months ago. So, um, you know, I, I don't think Zach – clutch sports kind of makes you a little different and kind of makes you more of a businessman than a basketball player, I think, in some instances. And when I look at Zach or hear him talk now, he reminds me more of a businessman, not a basketball player. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, because at the end of the day, it is a business for these guys. But I definitely think he, he's changed a little bit as far as his answers and his feelings about things, and I don't really think it'll bother him one way or the other. I mean, he knows he's guaranteed money. He's got that generational money coming his way, so – if someone else wants to pay it, someone else will pay it. Mm. It, it. Joe Cowley joining us from the Sun-Times. Joe, when you mentioned Kobe White and how they've overvalued Kobe White, and here they are still holding on to Kobe White, now he's going to be a restricted free agent, and who the hell yeah. knows what's going to happen. Um, you look at all the assets that he, he came in with, and he has. Hell, you can even include Pat Williams. Have they maximized any of their assets in trade correctly yet? Um, here's what I'll say. I'll say and, and people can debate this all, all day. And, and I understand the, the debate side of it. I think the deal that was maxed the most was Vooch and people will say, well, hell that, that might be the worst one because of the cap the draft capital they gave up. But my, the point of that is saying when the Vooch trade was done, the bulls were a laughing stock. They were a league wide laughing stock. No coaches really wanted a coach there. And no players really wanted to go there. And for the front office, this new front office regime to come in and say, no, we can land all-star type talent. And Vooch is an all-star type talent. And to land him. And then all of a sudden you hear DeMar DeRozan say, well, I'm coming there because Vooch 
and Zach are there. I, and hey, they line the ball. Hey, hey Joe, that's Go like ahead. it's like Jason Worth to the Nationals. We, we get it, you know. Or like right, right, right. You, so. you, you announce yourself with authority and you make yourself appetizing, but it wasn't maximizing the assets. I get the benefit of doing it, but like I don't think they're good at gauging assets and, and making a deal. And here they are sitting out a deadline where you yourself say they're overvaluing everybody. I'm questioning well, yeah, when, you, when, you don't, when you don't understand what you have in your house and how the outside market sees what's in your house, yeah, that's a problem. And, and so can they self-correct that this summer? Well, they're going to have to because they're not going to go over the tax line with this team. The, the Reinsdorfs won't. They'll go, I think the Reinsdorfs will go over the salary cap and even tinker into tax for two straight years if they felt it was a championship product. It's not. So they're not going to go over that salary cap and the way it plays out. And now you got Vooch telling me the other night, which he's always been very coy about contract talk, where he's like, yeah, I, I'd like to resign here. And even, you know, I brought up the Miles Turner contract and quickly said, yeah, you know, Miles Turner, that's good for him. But I think people understand what I can do here. So I think he's saying, yeah, I'm going to cost you more than my, what Miles Turner costs. Well, they have to re-sign him now that they didn't trade him, correct? They have to. I would think that they have to address that in one way or the other. And then, if they are now that they got a, a slight feel on the Levine market, if there is something to be moved, they have to revisit trying to move him, move him uh, in, in the offseason. I would think. I, otherwise, I don't know what the hell they're planning. Well, cause, cause, <laughs> Joe, Joe, that's that's, that, that's, that's basically how I led the show. Like you. And yes, you could you could sign and trade Vooch, just like you were talking about. They could have signed and traded uh, Levine, but I this idea of continuity. They were the best team in the East for about forty games last year, but they were the first forty games of the season when, frankly, they were right. trying harder uh, th- than everybody. And so, if yeah. you're banking on that being the case next year, with Demar being thirty four and Vooch being thirty three and Alonzo not having played basketball by that time in, like, 18 months, that would be insane to me. Like, you, you don't think that's what they're going to sell this afternoon, do you? Unless, you? unless you see a mammoth jump in Patrick Williams, it's insanity. You're 100% correct. Yes. Unless you see this mammoth jump coming. And, and, and again, I mean, you know, I, I'm not trying to pile on Zach Levine, but, but the fact – remains that Lowry Markkinen always played his best basketball when Zach Levine was not on the court. And even when you watch recently, Patrick Williams seems to be playing his best basketball when Zach is sitting or he's, you know, the, the, the way the rotation goes. Um, so I'm not saying it's a Zach Levine problem, but it's a Zach Levine problem. Hmm. And, and so when you have that contract, you have that max contract. This has always been my fear about maxing the two guard who only plays one way. It never works. It's never historically worked for any championship team. It just doesn't because you have to put too much around him to compliment him and cover up his mistakes, and it's, it's very hard to do at the NBA level. So, um, you know, I, I'm very anxious to hear what Arturis has to say about um, that they do have a plan and there are things moving forward because I just – they may very well have a plan. I just don't foresee a very good one right now. I I think you're absolutely right about Zach, and it is a fear about maxing him. Mango and without without um, Mango Dave. Dave wants that is in for Tanny on the board. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's a little early. <laughs> oh a little god! Early, is he coach. already drinking? 
Unbelievable. Wow. Sorry, Callie. We're professionals around here, but <laughs> Dave Wanstead's taking over. I, I, I think you had to max him because you couldn't find something that you liked with sign and trade. But is his value ever going to be higher than what it is right now? Because the rest of the league is going to figure out what we all see here in year one of a max deal when he is theoretically healthy. That is not a max player. It's just not. No, he, 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 and that's the problem. He does. Have, he will have value if, if a team could figure out that he's their third guy. But you're still bringing in that. You know, it was a lot easier to do at 19 million than it's going to be at 38. 48 and close to 50 million the final year. Um, so, you know, uh, and, and that's a player option year too, by the way. So it ain't like the, the Bulls have an option on it. So, yeah, it, 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 it's going to be tough. He's just, you know, he's not, he's not a front man. And, 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 and that's an issue. And, and that, that's, you know, I, I don't know how they get out of this cleanly and still, compete I, I don't I don't see a path that way and I don't even know if they get out of it and and, and can make the, the the Bulls fans happy with the product that's on the court because right now it's a even with the big wins they've had it's a very hateable team <laughs> yeah it's it's <laughs> I, yeah it well I guess expand what 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 do you hate most about them I, I have my answers I, I, I hate the lackadaisical days against lesser teams where you can't just put your chest out and say, we can do this every night. It, yeah. It's it's just front. Forget Lonzo, Lonzo Ball. I, I'm not even counting on him right now. I think they're going to announce in the next week that he's done for the year. That's coming. It might even come tonight. Who knows? Um, but it's coming. And, you know, this is a guy that's never played a full season. Look, when Lonzo Ball and Caruso are healthy and playing and Zach and DeMar are feeding off that because they're guilted into playing that level of oh, defense, God. it looks like a, a different product. But I, I don't know if you were ever going to get back to that. And so it's just a very dislikable team because of the effort given up. And, and you know, at the end of the day, Chicago likes to look at itself as a blue-collar town. They want, they'd rather have lesser talent step on teams' throats late in games than talent that, that should be top five act like, eh, we don't really have to do much tonight. It's just Charlotte. It's just Orlando. It's just San Antonio. And there's too many nights like that. And, and that goes all the way up. That's on Billy, too. He could sit there and say, you know, I preach to these guys at halftime. Hey, we can't let up. We can't let up. But for some reason, they're not hearing him on certain nights. So, so that, this, this goes all the way up. No, it, it does. The, the thing with Levine that I'll still say they had to max him was because if they didn't max him, someone else uh, for five years, someone else would have for four and he is still a tradable asset. I mean, you're talking about, you know, Evan Fournier and picks and uh, Obi Toppin. Hell, we just saw Russell Westbrook be a, the cornerstone of a trade, along with draft picks, admittedly, that reshaped the entire Lakers roster. And Zach is a way more valuable asset than Russell Westbrook. So letting him walk for nothing would have been negligent. They might have to which tra- I never, Which I never said they should do. I never said they should let him walk for nothing. No, I, I I know, but the, that was right. that was likely what he would have chosen to do, right? He would have likely right. taken a four year max from someone else if if they if they offered him anything less than the five year max because someone would have committed to him because he was insulted that they had to match the king's offer and all of that. So if you wanted to yep. keep Zach, it was five year max. No one ever said he was as good as Luca or Trey Young, the other guys who signed the identical deals. We all knew he was a flawed player, but it was like you max him or you lose him for nothing. They maxed him. His knee got hurt. 
He's not playing well. He's not seemingly trying on the defensive end. They maxed him with the knee hurt. But but, I, but, it, but, na- but now at some point you will recoup that asset for something as opposed to losing him for nothing. Jeff. Well, but what what's what's the win in the meantime? Where are you in the meantime? That's the thing. What where, what's your window though? And you know, then, and who that's, knows? That's the frustrating thing. I mean, how, okay. So at some point you're going to trade Zach Levine and get some kind of asset back. Okay, but the Lakers traded Russ, but they've got two studs there that just needed a little different help. Mm-hmm. The Bulls. Zach is their face of the organization. It's right. a little different. Yes. So you, you, you're going to at some point, yes, you're going to try to trade Zach Levine and be serious about it this time. But what are you getting back, and how does that change you? And and again, the key in all of this would be that Lonzo's knee st- is fine, and Patrick Williams takes a mammoth jump, mm-hmm. and that's a lot of it. So is their goal this year to sneak into the five or six seed in a dream? Really, it's the six. I don't uh, know what the hell their goal is. <laughs> I know. What's, what's, their goal, what's their goal next year? It feels, Joe, you got a long history in this town. We've talked White Sox for a decade before we started talking right. Bulls. And it feels so Reinsdorfian. It feels like an, like an aggressive hunt for the middle so you can have relevance. And we went to the playoffs. Yes. 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 I, I don't want I don't. You know what? I'm trying not to admit that that's what this new front office is doing because I really don't want to cover Correct. the same crap that Correct. I've been covering for, for two decades. Yes. But that might be it. That just might be it. And that's, that's sad. And, and, you know, I will say this. The one thing, you know, I'm trying to hold on to some kind of positivity here. The one thing I'll say is DeMar DeRozan is not afraid to play in Milwaukee or Boston in the playoffs. That's the one thing I, I will say. Now, that's great. It's DeMar. He's Compton tough. I get it. You know, I, had, I was just sitting with him BSing the, the other day, and we were talking boxing, and that's how he got into the whole Boston-Milwaukee thing and styles make the fight. He's, he's, he's like, I think, I think we could shock some people. If that, if the, okay. But if that's what you're going to sell the Bulls fan base on, that DeMar feels pretty good about Styles making the fight. And so we feel like, yeah, if we get the play-in game, we're 7-8 and eight and play Milwaukee and Boston. We've handled Boston two mm-hmm. out of the four games. We've handled Milwaukee. And, you know, if not, maybe we'll get a really good playoff run and people will be excited about that. If that's the sale point and that's the goal, the hell with this front office, son. Nobody, hell, won- hell nobody wanted to believe that they were hunting for the middle, but the more they've done nothing since going for that vision, the more it feels that way, and it's distressing. And I, I agree with you 100% on that. I'm trying not to go down that same rabbit hole because I've been down there so long. Yep. But it, it, it's – someone give me a damn flashlight because I, I don't know what to look for then. <laughs> Thanks, Cowley. Good stuff, man. All right, you guys take care. Thanks, That's Joe, Joe Cowley from the Sun-Times. Adam Lefko. Old college buddy, anchoring TNT coverage of LeBron getting the record, diehard Eagles fan, hell of a storyteller. He's lived an insane life. Most interesting man on television you never heard uh, much about. He joins us next on The Score. The most important thing about tonight that we need to keep in perspective is not just the man that now holds the title, but the incredible legacy of the man who he just passed. A true titan of this game, truly one of the greatest basketball players of all time who owned this record for nearly 39 years. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar joins us now on TNT Tuesday night. We just Hey, what's up? What y'all doing, man? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Thank you for everything you've done to the game, for everything you've done off the court, and for allowing you to to pass along this torch with so much grace tonight. 
You are truly a legend, and we we honor you. Thank you Thank very you. much, sir. And I want to, hey, I want to tell Shaq, I asked you specifically to see him because you felt that I was uh, shaming you or, or ignoring you, and that would never be the case. And uh, you showed him what, what what you were all about, the way you crushed all the centers in the league for a couple of years there. So uh, I'm on your side, Shaq. Don't ever let anybody tell you anything different. Keep on impressing the whole world with our game. It's a, yes. it's a wonderful game. Right. Yep. I'll talk to you soon, Cap. Thank okay. you, Captain. Be all right, well. Cap. Yeah. Take care. That was... I wasn't expecting that at the end. The Parkins and Spiegel Show. Afternoons on The Score. You know the voice of Shaq and Kareem, the man who made that awesome, genuine moment happen on television in front of three million people. Most watched regular season NBA game on TNT since 2018. It's Adam Lefko, the host of TNT NBA Tuesdays, old college buddy of mine. I'd say he's the most interesting man on television that no one knows about. I mean, people know he's a TV star, but I mean, Travis Kelsey and Dwayne Wade lifted this dude up in the horror at his own wedding. He was a guest of Pat Mahomes at his wedding. Man's a superstar, and he's with us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. What's up, Lefko? It should be a shame for a man to make me blush as, as much as you just did. Oh, well, that I mean, was, wow. Appreciate you, brother. It's great to hear from you, man. Here I, mean, I am looking up why the Chicago Bulls didn't make any moves at the trade deadline uh, trying to impress your viewers, and you come and you introduce me like that. That was amazing. Hey, man, you uh, you deserve it. Obviously, the coolest part of your byline there is that we used to drink beer and eat wings together uh, back in like, yep. 2007 and eight. But honestly, like you've done so many cool things. What was it like anchoring sports history, interviewing LeBron, Kareem, sitting next to Shaq? What, what was that night like for you? I'll take you behind the scenes for the moment when it, it took it up a notch, because I think these are the cool moments in TV. Um we thought we were going to get LeBron much later in the show. We expected him to walk around the court, shake more hands, kiss more babies. Uh, we were going to talk to Kareem first. We were going to kind of, you know, set the table. Uh, and as soon as the game ended, LeBron took a beeline for the camera. And so suddenly the producer is in my ear, Keith, who's the man. And he's like, we got LeBron right off the top. And so at that moment, you're sitting there and I, I kind of had, you know, the rundown, you're trying to figure it out. And in the, the corner of my eye, I'm watching LeBron putting on the headset because you don't want to go to him too early if he's getting set up and you don't want to go too late because you're not going to make this man wait. And so I'm not going to lie, bro. I blacked out. Words were falling out of my mouth. I have no idea what order they were coming in. And then uh, after I asked the question and he kind of laughed and started answering, like my eyes deglazed, and I looked over at Jamal Crawford looking at me and shaking his head, and he was just like he, – he, Jamal's favorite thing to say is, you ever think you'd be doing something like this? Hmm. And he's just shaking his head, and I was like, bro, I blacked out. <laughs> it, it, like, but, man, it was, it was really, really cool. I think um, – it was. I have not reheard what I said to Kareem, and it makes me happy because I think – the way that I approach basketball on TV is uh, Ahmad Rashad. Just like it's all about the love of the game. It's all about, like, let's really enjoy this. Like, let's, let's realize what we just witnessed. In it. And, and I always want to pay respect to the elders. And I, Kareem was one of those guys that I think deserved just as much attention as LeBron. And I don't think people realize that 38 years ago, Wilt Chamberlain showed up with a tank top to the event in which he passed the crown to Kareem. And there were quotes after the game where, or around that time where he was saying that Kareem should be getting 20 rebounds a game and he's underperforming. 
And so for Kareem to go out there, do the motion, uh, do the interviews, talk about how great LeBron is. Um, I actually, it made me realize how similar LeBron's career was to Kareem more than it is to Michael Jordan, that it's more about longevity and the willingness to go out in the public and stand up for things uh, that you feel are injustices and be okay being the one that everybody hates. It made me realize that LeBron is kind of like um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Oh, oh, and Adam. I could, and I could totally realize that LeBron could end up getting two titles later in his career. I mean, Kareem was averaging 10 points his last year, and, and Magic carried him. I could, I could see LeBron getting two more titles. Mm. I just – I think Kareem is top three, top four. So – and I think um, – I think if LeBron adds two more titles, it gets nuts. Sorry, that was a lot of talking. I'm just excited. It was all great. It was all really good stuff. I just got I got paused because I have so much respect for Kareem as a public figure and a civil rights um, totally. figure and and uh, a, an incredible thinker and writer and a willing speaker against the tides. And that was not what you were talking about, right? You were talking about LeBron as a player and his career in the well, perspective of other players. I correct. Think, I think that there's a spectrum of impact and so just because i think uh the newer versions will never live up to the originals uh in many cases and the, so the, con the course, consequences Kareem, aren't the same right like yeah 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 the consequences 100%. of the civil rights movement when they weren't making hundreds of millions of dollars I know, is, is different but, but lebron will call out uh, a president and take political sides and speak and, okay. wear, and and you know wear a hoodie for Trayvon Martin and make social causes. You I, can't believe I, that. I, no, no, I'm not belittling that, but there is a human willingness to be disliked and stand up for whatever the hell you think that Kareem has yeah. showed his entire life. That is truly rare in the history of sports, and I don't want to, I, I don't want to uh, put LeBron too close to him on that spectrum. Yeah, I would, just, I would say one man, one man is walking the path that the other man paved. And to compare walking with paving is what you're saying. They're completely Correct. different things. Correct. A hundred percent. hundred percent. You know, uh, but, uh, I mean, now we're getting all spiritual. This is great. Oh, uh, well it is, but that was spiritual to watch Kareem and Shaq have that moment with you in between totally. Adam. I mean, that's like, that, that is two elders um, and two men showing the maturity. I mean, Shaq is, is incredible. Seems like a very vulnerable and real guy. And I've seen him in other circumstances be like that. It, it, is he like that to work with? Is Shaq that open and, and seemingly himself to work with? I, I think Shaq is one of the most fascinating humans that exists because when he walks into a room, the gravity changes physically and uh, like mentally what you're experiencing. I think the other thing, though, is you realize this is a man with a code. This is a man that was raised in a military family. So there's always that bottom line. Uh, but at the same point, at any moment, he's going to do the most ridiculous thing you have ever seen. You're going to go, wow, like, I can't believe I just experienced that. And then he's going to wink at you and you're going to realize it was all planned. He's like the greatest marketing mind you'll ever see. Um, at the same point, and I think anybody that's willing to make fun of themselves is, a, is an incredible human being. And that man will fall off a building to make somebody laugh. <laughs> or under like, a tree. Yes. <laughs> yes. That, that, is, that's his nature. But he's a... Uh, you know, when, when Candace was getting ready to have a baby, he was like, listen, I'm buying you a van. You're going to like, he's a very much a giving big brother mm. and he doesn't like to receive gifts. Like that's his thing. Like, don't get me anything. So no, Shaq is, Shaq is incredible. I think as he gets older, 
he's getting all warm and fuzzy, which is uh, pretty hilarious to watch. <laughs> he's the host of TNT NBA Tuesday. Adam Lefko, he anchored sports history when LeBron passed Kareem on Tuesday night, but his heart lies with Philly and the Ooh. Eagles. What's your confidence level for Sunday? I have been texting Travis Kelsey every night being like, bro, I'm getting in Saturday. We're going out. We're going out, man. And he and he's like joking me like and like I'm in it's a group chat with him and Jason. And so I just start every text with Jason earmuffs. And I go, Travis, I've been talking to Cliff. We're gonna go rent his house. We're gonna throw a rager. And then um, I'm inviting Chuck over. Chuck's gonna talk to you about Bobby Sura until four in the morning. It's the greatest conversation you've ever had. And like just stay up. And and I was like, listen, bro, you need to focus on your podcast. I was like, the podcast is starting to take off. Those clips are getting shared. That's your future. You could do that for 15 years. How many more years do you have left of this? It's the Super Bowl. Who cares? Get content out. You need an episode that morning, an episode the next morning. And uh, I'm trying my best, man. But um, you're like I'm like the 54th nervous. man on the team. Like you're actually trying to make a difference. Like you're bringing the home field advantage. You're pulling the fire alarm in the group chat. There. I'm not going to lie, bro. Before you said that, I was like, there's an 8% chance I'm going to find out what hotel they're in. <laughs> I'm pulling that fire. Order that pizza. Uh, no, Order that pizza like Jordan and the Bulls got. Oh, yeah, my goodness. But I'm nervous. I think what's making me nervous is Eagles fans are more optimistic than five years ago, and that's scaring me. Hmm. Because five years ago, if you remember, um, that was the Patriots going for a dynasty. That was them going for another three wins in four years. And so the topic that week was, I mean, everybody was talking about, you know, Tom Brady and, oh, I can't believe Nick Foles got here. And so remember that was underdog mentality. That was like the feeling of divine intervention at our backs. This people were the, we're literally the betting favorite. And that is really scary because um, listen, you knew me right around this time of my life. NFC championship losing Eagle fan left go. Like I didn't think I had a place in this earth. Like I, everything about me was a loser. I was like you, every year we were the number one seed and it was Ricky Manning jr. Getting three interceptions or Rondé Barber returning an interception for a touch. It was just the realization that Donovan McNabb was not the guy is what it was. Yeah. And uh, now I'm just sitting here and I'm like, I don't, I never feel confident. I didn't feel confident about the Niners game. I didn't feel confident about the Giants game. So, <laughs> so I'm just stressed, bro, but I'm going, I'm going to get there Saturday. I, I got to ask a question about the horror chairs. So Travis Kelsey on one side, Dwayne Wade on the other, were they on the same side? I'd be worried about a tilt with professional athletes with that kind of strength. Sir. Yeah, for those that don't know what he's talking about, at my wedding, I was lifted on a chair, and a chair has four legs. <laughs> and what you want is the, the strong guys and also the tall guys uh-huh. to be evenly distributed because they're lifting you up. Right. Well, I had Dwayne Wade on my back left, you know, 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, I had Travis Kelsey on my back right, 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, uh-huh. By that alone, perfect height, perfect strength. Front left, excuse me, front right was my friend Dan Lapone. That was also six four six five. Oh, that's We're a killing win. It. Now we can do it. That's okay. a win. Yep. Yeah. Bottom left was Neil Schwartz, <laughs> who was 
maybe five foot one. <laughs> and not at nearly the strength level of an all pro tight end, a Hall of Fame basketball player, or at that factor, a Division II basketball player from 15 years ago. And so when I tell you that I was fighting for my life to not fall over to the front left side and, and get a concussion at my own wedding, it, you know, it goes from fun to terror, uh, like a nightmare immediately. Yeah, see, usually it's like maybe six or eight people, you know, if you need it. But with those guys, four is plenty. Two, two probably would have been fine, truth be told. Yeah, I just don't want them to get hurt. That would have been the only issue. <laughs> All right, so you're, you've name-dropped tremendously on this podcast with texting Jason and Travis. We brought it up with uh, with the horror. Made mention that you were a guest at Pat Mahomes' <laughs> wedding. I don't know if you saw the clip, but Pat Mahomes Sr., was on this show, and he dug uh, the opportunity to speak to our version of Pat Mahomes that we've had around here for the last couple of years because he obviously could have been a bear. So, uh, Pat, can you talk to, to Adam, please? Yeah, Adam, here's the thing, man. Like, I'm glad that you're rooting for the Eagles and you're having a good time. You're going to go out there on Saturday. I didn't want you at my wedding. <laughs> I, I did not. I didn't want you there. And they convinced me. They said, you got to invite Adam. And I said, do we really? <laughs> This is great. <laughs> Wait, so the, uh, this is Pat Mahomes Jr.? Yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm right here. Yeah, so the thing is, I could have been a bear. I wanted to be a bear. They, they said they were going to take a quarterback, and if they took a yep. quarterback, it was going to be me, and I wanted to still be here, so I sit in with these guys five days a week. <laughs> Listen, you know what? I get it, Pat. I love you. Go get a Coors Light. When they saw Trubisky throwing while rolling to the left, they oh. thought, we can build an entire offense about <laughs> Yeah, but here's the thing, Adam. When I roll to the left... I throw to the right. I can look left, and then I throw right. That's true. Now, look, Pat, I know we've had these conversations privately, but uh, once everyone realizes that you're just Andy Reid's puppet, you're going to be okay mentally, right? Emotionally, that won't take a big hit on you? No, I, I should be okay because then Matt Nagy will he'll take over, and, and I'll just tank the franchise. This is a good, this is a good voice. Whoever's doing this, well done. Yeah, it's our executive producer, Shane Reardon, a.k.a. Pat Mahomes. Everybody who – we've done it for Derek Johnson, Pat Mahomes Sr., uh, my buddy Carrington How interviews Pat Mahomes. Senior? How was Pat Senior? He, he loved it. Pat Senior absolutely loved it and actually just answered him about some catch-up question that got <laughs> thrown I need, out I need there. you to understand that Pat Senior was my favorite person to meet at that wedding <laughs> because I it, it explained to me so much of why Mahomes plays the way he does because I've met his mom, I had met his sister, I've met his friends, and everybody is like very calm, right? And then you meet Pat Senior and he's like, what's going on, man? And you're like... <sighs> This is where the gunslinger comes from. Yeah. This is the dude that was in Pat's ear that was going, I don't care who they are. You put them in the dirt. And, and like, cause, you know, Pat plays crazy. And he's like diving and he's, and he's pumping you up and he, and he never thinks he's out of it. And I realized after I met his dad, I was like, this is where he gets it from. And no moment of the wedding was better than he got up at the end to give a speech. And everybody got really nervous because that man had been partying. And I was like, what is he going to say? Like, he took the microphone from the wedding singer. And he got on that microphone, and he landed the plane. He was like, I want to give a shout-out to Andy Reid because, my man, we're turning it up. And it was, and he, landed, he was like, I love y'all. And everybody was like, hell yeah. And it was like, you know. Some people are just gamers. Yeah, imagine like seeing your just dad hit it on the barrel, Ima and, that, and that's where he got it from. Imagine seeing your dad be that guy in the face of a Rod, in the face of like great players, and you grow up watching your dad not give a crap and just be that dude. That's that's what it's about. Adam, do you remember your conversation with Jackson that night when you guys filmed that TikTok together? <laughs>
number one, we did not record a TikTok. Ah. Number two, number two you, uh, Jackson actually made me more confident in the woman that I chose to be my wife. You want to know why? Uh-huh. Because she was walking across the wedding. She was wearing a pink dress. And Jackson came over to her and said, you have main character energy. And I was like, damn right, Jackson Mahomes. And then, like, I went and I went to go get a pad of Coors Light. And I came back and he was sitting next to my wife. And I was like, of all the beautiful women here, that man sat next to mine. He probably wants to make TikToks with her. I did okay. Let's go. You're the man. Have fun in Arizona. Thank you for still answering an old college friend's text. It's a, I love you, buddy. It's a real thrill about, to see you. How about Nick man. Wright up there just yelling at people? I know. Yelling. He was yelling at Chris Broussard so much today. I was like, I remember when Danny used to take that on the draft show. <laughs> Dude, I know you, you, me, Nick, and uh, and Meltzer, right? Doing a doing a draft show, or was it Pony? I don't even remember who the fourth was. It, uh, I think it was both, two different years. But, oh, yeah, man, yeah. when you think about the fact that that was 17, or 15 years ago, I mean, we were just for everybody, we were talking about Jake Long and uh, Chris Matthews. Brady Quinn. Just, Oh, man. Brady Quinn. <laughs> Vernon Golston. What a time. What a time to be alive. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, uh, I'm just going to end with this. I totally think that DeMar DeRozan, uh, Nikola Vucevic, and Zach Levine can win a um, – no, I don't think they can. Oh, what are you doing? No, can we so make sad. a move? Yeah. We don't know, man. You, you were, you brought the first ninety minutes of the show was yelling and lamenting that, and then you were the good vibes, and now. Okay, I'm sorry. That, it's th- all good. Thanks Thank for you. bringing it back. Go See, Blackhawks. Oh God, CLF go. He's the man. He's the absolute man. That's true. Me, Nick, Pony. Lefko and Meltzer, five people doing NFL draft shows back-to-back years on college radio. It was a blast. I bet. Dave Wanstead in studio uh, in 15 minutes. What did we just say we were going to get to here? I don't know. We have something good. I you, oh, yeah. You, you broke news earlier today. Oh, yeah. I suppose I did. Yep. Parkinson Spiegel on the score. Vinatieri on the approach. Flat ball popping here in Miami. It sails to the far side around the eight-yard line to Hester. Under it. And to the middle with the 15 to the 20. Breaks free of the 25 to the 30. To the outside. 40. Midfield. 40. 30 to the coach. 20. 15. Hester 5. Touchdown Bears. No way. Adam Vinatieri kicked the ball so high in the air. It gave time for the protection to get behind him and create a running lane. And Devin Hester followed his blockers. He caught the ball first and then went to work. A fast start. Delivered by the Windy City Flyer, the man they called anytime down here in Miami, Riviera Beach, Florida, to the big stage, the biggest in professional sports. Devin Hester, you are ridiculous. He was ridiculous. And I was reporting earlier today, according to a source, don't get your hopes up for tonight. Devin Hester will not be included in the most recent class for induction into the pro football hall of fame so it will be mm. oh for two for devin hester he's not making it i still think he will make it eventually very good class this year with joe thomas and darrell revis becoming eligible it's a tough hall of fame to get into his offensive numbers not great his total touchdown numbers not great but his <laughs> impact on the game undeniable so i do think he will eventually get in but uh, I have a source who says it will not be tonight. Yeah, it's it's, it's too bad um, that he's got to wait. It's a very unique candidacy, as we know. And I suppose with all the people coming in, uh, as you mentioned, that 
there are some issues. There's some there's some damn good ones among the finalists, some of whom you mentioned, and some of whom have been there for a little while as well. Andre Johnson, um, the wide receiver as well. Jared Allen, the defensive end. Dwight Freeney. Dwight Freeney. Zach Thomas. Mm-hmm. So there's Ron Woodson. There is there, there's a lot of there's a lot of real good players, but you know, if you're a Hall of Famer, you're you're a Hall of Famer, but you have to fall prey to some of the other candidates. I'm, I'm not hip to the bylaws of the NFL Hall of Fame in terms of how many years you're allowed to be on the ballot. I know for MLB, if it's, uh, you know, it, I think it's 10 years on the ballot. If you're not getting a certain percentage of votes, then you fall off. It's a certain, uh, I, I don't remember it all off the top of my head, to be honest with you, but there's multiple rounds of voting and he's been, a, he's a finalist back-to-back years because I think it's like 50 people that they vote and then they vote it down to 15 Mm -hmm. and then they vote for the class off of the finals of 15 so the fact that he was a finalist so he's gonna have to uh, be a finalist again next year and the year after that and the year after that yeah but he but he I think he will be I you know he he They've changed the rules because of him, uh, the impact on the game, the, the the fear he struck into other teams, the field position battle, the historic mm-hmm. nature of it, the fact that the kickoffs now are overwhelmingly touchbacks. So, you know, he's he's the last great kickoff returner yeah. in many ways, but there's just not a lot of special teamers in. I do think it will happen. It will probably happen in a down, quote-unquote, year for it, right? I doubt he gets in yeah. when it's, you know, when uh, – Brady and JJ Watt are up for it. You know, I think I think it'll take uh, a year where there's no clear cut first ballot guys becoming eligible for t- someone to say, oh, you know, this is a good special team or a year mm-hmm. for him to get in. But uh, I think he will get in. I'm just able to report it won't be tonight. All right. So not tonight for Devin. Um, thankfully, we have a uh, really cool guy, former football coach. We can kick that around with, among other things. In a couple of minutes. And I didn't know what a good radio producer he was until this hour as well. Yes, of course. So he, got, yeah, no, we give, that is that is true. We, we've, it's been a very busy day yep. already with uh, the Bulls being one of only two teams to not make any move uh, this season. Them and the Cavs, they stood pat. They did not buy. They did not sell. Maddening, man. I'm looking around at, like, who might get bought out. Reggie Jackson, I saw that nugget. The former, not a nugget, the former Clipper now uh, in Charlotte after that their trade. Serge Ibaka. Uh, Serge Ibaka. Baca might get bought out, but Reggie Jackson at least is a point guard. He was he started the year as a starter for the Clippers, then has been a backup for the last month. But like, if you want to go get an actual uh, actual point guard, I who knows though? It's so dispiriting. It's really a bad, sad place as a Bulls fan right now. Yeah, they're not in a they're not in a great spot, and uh, we will hear from Arturis Karnishevis planning for around four forty five or so uh, live on the score from Brooklyn. He'll join Mully and Haw tomorrow at eight. But uh, we'll see how uh, how optimistic is he going to be? Is he going to come across disappointed, even keeled, or is he going to try to hope traffic with what this team can be this year and in the near term? It's going to be a tough sell, I think, for a pretty cynical and downtrodden fan base. But someone who makes us feel better. He said he came in. He's got Super Bowl angles and matchups he wants to discuss. Woo! Dave wants that next on the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one. They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.